Hey, everybody out there. Hallelujah. It's time for the first episode of Trillium. Talking to some people. Yo! So, this is the first episode. Uh, I didn't have a name for it when I first started this, but, you know, now you the cat's out the bag. Trill Talks Trends. And, you know, I just like alliteration. Are we talking about trends? Probably not. But, you know, what is a trend? Trend is something that's popular to a group of people. And the group of people that we're talking about is me. <laughs> Whatever I think is dope, we're going to talk to it. You know, you're going to hear people... You know, talking about music, you're going to hear some artists that, you know, they could be, you know, digital graphic design, um, painters in fashion, um, you know, shufflers, dancers. Literally, I'm using this as a medium to just talk to people and connect with people from all over the world and um, all over the Internet, essentially. Um, so yeah, today we are going to be talking to my friend, Ricky Rath, AKA R squared. Um, we met, we both went to Western Washington university together and, uh, you know, go Vikings. And, um, yeah, we've kind of been around the same circle, but we never really linked up until our senior year. And I just wanted to get a little bit more of a conversation going. And this week we're not going to have the intro next week. We're about to have a fire ass intro, and um, but with a, without further ado, uh, thank you for tuning in to Trillium's podcast. Well, I don't know why I refer to myself in third person, but thanks for tuning into Trill Talk. Trill Talk Trends. Yeah, we are clear and so. Hey everybody, welcome to the initial episode of my new podcast which does not have a name yet you know we're thinking of things alliteration that has t's but we're not there yet and we are with <laughs> the myth the man the legendary the cambodian king the heavyweight champion of the edm scene mr gold belt we got r squared photos aka legacy Legacy team member, king, and aficionado, Mr. Ricky Rath. Damn, what an intro, what an <laughs> intro. Taking a page out of my book when I hella introduced people all dramatic, like they're walking down the ring or something. Dude, you, you gotta get them super excited, just like, you know, we're at like, you know, WrestleMania 24. Exactly. They're walking down the long ass. Wait, can we cuss on this podcast or what? Oh, we can easily cuss on this podcast. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know if you ever listened to my old podcast, Trillium mm -hmm. Z and NYC. There was a whole lot of cussing on that. That was like when I was like living in New York and was like, mm -hmm. I want to stay here. But then I didn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. How long was that? Uh, I was in New York for about like May to September. So, yeah, May to September. So about four or five months. Damn. Yeah. Where'd you yeah. stay at? I stayed at my grandparents' house in the Bronx, actually. Oh. BX, what up? BX, what up out there? Bronx. Yep. Oh. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And then I was working at Nordstrom in Manhattan, oddly enough. Oh, that sounds busy. Was it busy? 
it was it was not that busy because Nord that was Nordstrom's first store in New York. Oh, okay. And so and it was only men's. So oh. it was it was pretty interesting. But like I remember going on my lunch break and I would go to like the subway station right across the way that's connected to Central Park. Mm-hmm. And I would get these um like waffle cones for lunch. Mm-hmm. And guess what's inside the waffle cone? Well, ice cream? Not ice cream. We got buffalo hot wings, boneless wings, and ranch. (laughs) It was the weirdest little thing that we ever had. And so, yeah, that was just a weird time. But, you know, we're on the initial episode, Mm -hmm. and this is going to be the start of everyone. We're going to do a sound bowl. Um, I remember watching Duncan Trussell who is if anyone has watched midnight gospel on netflix he's the main dude out there and i remember i went to his comedy show and like the first two openers were hella raunchy hella funny and then he comes out super zend out and was like all right y'all we're about to do a collective om together and i'm like i'm like 21 i'm like what the fuck is this mm-hmm. you know this is weird but he got us all to do it and it's like that feeling of you just had all your edamame at your restaurant, you know, you're eating it, it's salted. And then now you're about to get to your sushi and you mm-hmm. eat a little bit of that pickled ginger to cleanse your palate. That's what this was. Lead the way, lead the way. All right. Yes, I did. I thought it was just the big, the busy city lights. And Whoa. Seattle, I was like, wait a minute. That's why I had to push in my headphones a little quick. Yeah, I saw your eyes. I was like, oh, okay, he can hear it. I couldn't tell or not. But um, yeah, I just thought we would start off like on that little cl- ca- palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of like new beginnings, something that I did today was I was driving to work at like six in the morning and the moon was still out. And the moon was like almost a full moon and it was just this glowing orange. Like it was just like shot with some blood. And Mm -hmm. what did I get? What did I do to wake up? You may ask. I was listening to R squared summer cruising volume six. And that is how I want to start off today with my man R squared, because I was listening to this mix and it was unlike nothing I've heard you ever do before. What, really? <laughs> yes. Because for anyone, go check it out on SoundCloud. Um, it has like all of this like disco house. Mm, yeah. And like the vibes on it were just stupendous. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about your, you know, your series. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I actually just tuned into SoundCloud like an hour ago and I saw you like and repost it. I was like, oh, he was listening. He was listening. <laughs> I was listening this morning, my friend. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so that was sixth edition of this series. I usually come out with one or two every summer dating back to 2017 or 2018. I'm not sure where I did two. I did one and two. And 
it was just like it represented the time that I sort of got into house music during when I was exploring all of the different subgenres of electronic music. And I was like, you know, this is chill. This is like a, some summer music. You know, I walk into Zara or something, it's going to be playing something like this. <laughs> so that's where the initial inspiration came from. And then I threw in a little bass house here and there in the beginning because I just started discovering like Joyride. And the first edition of the series I kind of just put out there and it ended up getting like a lot of traction. People were asking for like series or a second volume. And then I came out with that and expanded a little bit more of my subgenres and put in a little bit of baton in there, uh, some future bass, feel good future bass. And it picked up, yeah, even more traction. And eventually I brought it back each summer as like a seasonal series. And each one sort of has its own vibe. Uh, three is like really house, I guess. I don't know how to describe it, but it's in my head. I know what it would look like if it was like playing a like live at a venue. Okay. But, um, three, yeah. And then it's like a hip hop break. I was like throwing a hip hop break. And then four was actually would recommend four to you if it's not taken down by copyright on SoundCloud yet. Cause okay. four is like, I'd say six is little brother. Right. Or, yeah. Four is six's little brother or six is four's little brother. Uh, four is six's little brother. There we go. I'm losing track of all the numbers. Okay. I'm trying to remember each uh, cover art in my head, but, um, that one was inspired by me going to LA by myself and I was shooting this cool event AMF and kind of like when I got into even more disco house, started listening to Mercer a lot. He kind of had that brand change. And then I'm like, Oh damn, I'm gonna throw us out. I'm a lot of oldies, a lot of funk vibes in that one. And then next thing you know, five came around. I switched it all the way, 100%, flipped it. And it was a concept mix based off of and using like audio from 500 Days of Summer, if you ever saw that movie. <laughs> oh, Zoe Deschanel. Oh, yes. yes. Heartthrob. It's, it's really, really sad in the end because <laughs> it follows yeah. the whole actual movie. And that was the challenge of like putting it together and finding songs that match each scene and splitting it all up and actually getting the movie and then taking the audio out from that. Wow. That was a... That's a lot. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was like one of my... Yeah, that was the year that I brought out only one because I dedicated most of my summer to just like perfecting that. And I think it was the last official SoundCloud mix release that I released actually mixing it on a DJ deck because after that, I shortly learned how to like put everything together in Ableton. And it definitely helped me since I didn't have to have my decks next to me the whole time and practicing every transition. Oh, and man. Then, yeah. Yes. I remember those <gasps> were the days, especially Don't, with I have the XDJs now. I can't have uh-huh. them like next to me. Though, yeah, that sounds like I'm, that's, I've never done a mix in Ableton, but that mm-hmm. sounds like it would save so much time. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> wow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I just like, it has all the, you know, the simple features. You can like change the tempo and all that. And you can uh, throw in EQs and all like reverb, just like the transition stuff. And then you can actually hear it back by just going back to a point and then playing it through instead of you physically going through the knobs <laughs> and oh, then listening to it. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. That sounds a lot better. So that it was number five that you said you brought that out? 
yeah so it was like a cinematic kind of storyline and then that was just like i wanted to go big for the fifth version and it was like completely different than all the other volumes and then six i wanted to bring it back to kind of the fun summer roots and it was actually half of it was actually my set uh, my cinematic set that i did for pat and it was like branded as summer cruise in la 19 when i went to la with my friends and then we were supposed to make like a cinematic storytelling set for pastels like virtual stream and then i just used that mix and that soundtrack half of it and then threw on clips from when we came from seattle all the way down to la and my friends drove all the way down there and then it's just a cute little soundtrack for that and then i wanted to release it as a whole and i threw on a little bit more in between here and there and then Summer Cruising 6 was born. Wow. What a birth and kind of like transformation of how that all came together. Mm-hmm. I, what you said about number five, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone splitting up an entire movie to go mm-hmm. along with a DJ mix. So I'm, gonna, I'm looking forward to actually going back and listening to now four and five. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I hope five is also on there because I use a lot of popular songs. So it was a lot. It was way more like R and B has hints of like future bass and like different types of future bass in there, but it's mainly like R and B focused. You know, I kind of want to talk about that right there. Copyright mm-hmm. and SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Have you had get? Have you been hit with a copyright strike ever with any of your mixes? Yeah, back in the day, they struck a on my first mix. <laughs> wow <laughs> right away i was like oh man i gotta go back and edit it and it's they not easy when, not easy when you gotta go back and re-record a portion of the mix because i didn't use ableton back then uh-huh. but um that and then i tried to upload edits before but that got copyright strikes like asap immediately travis scott they're coming for you as soon as you put them in oh somewhere. yeah <laughs> and, wow but apparently i i was reading that they're getting more nice on mixes so I don't know how they're judging that. Maybe if it's like past a length and they're like, oh, it's a mix. All right, you're huh. good. Because I haven't got any in a while since then. But I've heard that they, it feels like it's shadow banning or something. They're like, they take it off and they don't notify you. And then I hear it from my friends. They're like, hey, what happened to this mix? Uh, it's not available in the US. And I was like, I didn't get a notification. Wow. That's how they get you. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good to know. I've I've had my fair share of copyrights on SoundCloud. Mm. Oh. Sure, a remix recently. Yeah, dude. They they I remixed the fray over mm. my head, and they were not happy about that. But within two seconds, their little analyzing tool got mm. it within two seconds. I'm like, gosh, dang it! Let me just put it out for the people, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I also had that for the weekend wasted times remix I did back in like oh, 2018. Yeah, I remember that. And I think the workaround for that one, I didn't even change it. Was all I did was just change the name instead of like the weekend dash the wasted times whatever trillium. I just said wasted <laughs> times trillium retrill, and I was like, okay, that works. I oh, you know, yeah. So yeah, yeah. so I kind of want to take it all the way back to the beginning where i don't know something i want this podcast is not going to be just focused on music but it's just going to be like artists in general and like you know people i think that are doing something that i see like the passion behind it and i want to know 
what was like your musical like upbringing like growing up what were you listening mm-hmm. to so i was just like a hip-hop kid all the way through i was uh, born in the 90s that's when hip-hop was really booming and I remember my mom's favorite rapper in the 2000s was 50 Cent. She bought the <laughs> CD and the CD started out with whatever, eight gunshots or something. And she had a blasted at 100 volume. I was like, mom, oh my God. Get rich or die trying? I think so, yeah. Oh right? my the God. shattered I, glass cover. I think so, yeah. I don't know. My mom had a crush on 50 Cent for some reason. Oh my God. So I kind of came up on that and then... Uh, I actually really liked Eminem like around mid 2000s and just like I love rappers abilities to storytell tell a story mm-hmm. through their lyrics and then eventually visuals when music videos came out and then I also picked up which was really random like emo pop punk sort of rock you know yeah. the remixes and stuff I drop and my the edits that I drop in my oh <laughs> each time dude. I play a western those- oh my god something that like lives rent free in my head is kombucha town and Moki is dancing at the top of like the little thing and shout out to Moki and we were you played now when she doesn't like this will you do it like that when she doesn't like this and I dude all of my bones because i haven't heard that song in at least six years until you played it at that night and i was so hyped so is that is that like your pop punk like answer yeah, sort of that and then like fallout boy oh, oh i own the cds i ripped the cds from the library when you rented them <laughs> oh <laughs> the cdrs smart. that's smart and panic at the disco was my love for a while oh, yeah. yeah all american rejects a little bit in the beginning yeah sort of that whole series and I, like i wanted to be a rock star like i always pretended and then that kind of died out with how music kind of went and i sort of picked up back with hip-hop around was it's probably like 2010s or something okay uh i discovered like somebody put me onto kendrick yeah. back at a uh, rigor mortis is uh, section 80 and then uh j cole started coming up and everybody made fun of him but you know i was always i had his back i just love the stories he, he told you know he wasn't the traditional rapper by any means and then uh somebody put me on to logic way back and like when he dropped 5 a.m and young sinatra stuff and i was like oh i love it when they rap fast and of course he had a lot of <laughs> stories to tell and then that kind of like led the way for electronic music i guess i kind of listened to the the consumer pop electronic what was like being put out at the time it was like around that period where pop and electronic were kind of like intertwining each other you know, flow rider like, had some drops in there for his pop david, songs david getta that yeah, kind of yeah, era yeah. was it sexy bitch <laughs> whatever oh my god <laughs> i don't dude. know why i remember that yeah she's a sexy bitch oh, dude, Akon, that, yeah. I, that one hurt me to hear but it it you we all know it Mm-hmm. Those and, were oh, for the time. Somebody I used to love or something by that one guy that disappeared. Somebody I used to know. That's there's somebody that I used to know. Yeah, and all the remixes on YouTube. Oh, I never got into that. That sounds nice. So I was like, I didn't really recognize that as you know electronic music or EDM. I just thought it was pop. Mm-hmm. And then uh the Jack U era started to come up. Oh hell and yeah. that was gold what 2014 2015 and 
I I knew raves started happening, and I'm fake because all my <laughs> friends started to go there, and then my girlfriend <laughs> said we should try one out. But then I was like, me being a hip hop fan, I was like, why would I go see guys DJ? You know, it's <laughs> oh, <laughs> sweaty. Oh. And I I'll admit that. And then you know, me too, more, man. Me too. The moral of the story, you know, you just gotta try it out one time and see how it is. And uh, my roommate at the time up in Bellingham was hell. He started getting hella into it, and then he was like, "You should check out this guy named Mario Grime." And then I don't know why it was just like 11 p.m. over at my dad's house. I decided to look him up on SoundCloud, and the first thing that popped up was his Love Sosa remix. Oh, ooh, yes. And me being a hip hop head, I was like, okay. Yeah, they got, they got the 808s in there and all that's bumping. And then the drop wasn't too electronic. It was still like a good blend of both. Just that um, synth on top. It wasn't anything crazy. And then I was like, okay, let me look up more of his stuff. And then I came across his EDC 2016, half of his set on there. And I was like, whoa, so many people buy tickets to go see, you know, this guy DJ. At the time, I didn't know this was like a whole festival Mm-hmm. other artists as well i thought it was just his and then i was like damn i really dig what he was playing all the hip-hop edits his mercy remix oh, dude that one that one hurts me to this day just so simple at the time and just like it's so nostalgic looking back at it mm-hmm. and then you know when core dropped and all that oh dude core core still gets played today Mm-hmm. you know like anytime that song pl- plays like you know you're all in for like a rage session mm-hmm. damn certified trap classic as certified a- trap classic. <laughs> certified so yeah that's kind of like where my musical journey began how i dipped in and out of hip-hop and ended up as an emo pop punk kid a little bit and then back to hip-hop and then edm and electronic music Wow, that I'm glad I asked that because I've never had anyone like say those words because that's almost exactly how I got into electronic mm-hmm. music, like mm-hmm. the second wave of it. Because I remember it was the same thing as me. My girlfriend at the time was like, Hey, all my sorority sisters are going to these <laughs> raves, and I'm like, I would never go. Big Sean, Wale, forever, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and two chains. That's all I want to listen to. And then I went to Life in Color and mm-hmm. Flux Pavilion with Childish Gambino. Well, that was there was that song. Oh. It was like, I'm gonna go when the beat go in. And I was just like, wait, what? This is sick. And mm-hmm. then just like you, RL Grime, Flostradamus, Yellow Claw, like that was like the natural progression and then i was like all right cool this is awesome that's exactly because flosterdamas tour was my first rave slash show and i was terrified i was seeing the mosh pits already happening dude. i was like bro i'm skinny yeah dude the mosh pits did you go to the one at uh showbox soto by chance i went to tacoma dome tacoma dome okay so that was even even bigger. Yeah, that's even way bigger. Dude, I am yeah, Flostradamus back in the day, it was actually scary to be in their sets because the mosh pits mm-hmm. were brutal. I remember the dude Josh, he like came from a show the night before, yeah. had a black eye, and like he was still just running through the like the crowd, and I was like, dude, he's about to get beat up. <laughs> 
was like, he's about to get beat up out here. What a time. Yeah, that was definitely a time. And like, think about that, that time, that was the hardest music, you know? Mm-hmm, exactly. And then when you juxtapose that to today with like, you know, headbanging and dubstep culture, mm-hmm. that stuff is like child's play. It's like a four on the scale of one to 10 ratio mm-hmm. of hardness. And you're just like, damn, it's really, it's really progressed. Yeah. Was it? I also liked like Yellow Cloud Deep. Oh, was it Till I Die or something? Till It Hurts. Till It Hurts, yes. Love me till it hurts. The drop was kind of random, but it went off. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, there, have you actually heard there's a Cruella Yellow Claw song? I don't know the name of it, but it sounds familiar. It, it's pretty, I don't know if it's really recent, but I heard it on 89.5. Shout out to CA 9.5, the longest running electronic music station in the entire country. 98.5? 89.5? CA 9.5? Okay. You've never had that. No. I don't think I ever went under 90. Yeah, 90. Whoa. I I was looking for the EDM station like earlier today. I was like, what is it? Oh, okay. So C89.5, this, it, oh my, I can't believe it, dude. That's wild. Like, it's based out of like a high school. And a whole bunch of high school students like run it and dude, it's one of the coolest music stations ever. And it's all like listener supported. So like every quarter they get people to donate. And so it's just all locally run. It's really cool. Damn. And they will show you new music. Like many times I've been like, Whoa, what is this? And yeah, I would, I would a hundred percent recommend going and listening to 89.5 to anyone out there. Yeah. That's dope from like high school kids and it's been transferred like over. Oh yeah. Over and over. over. They have like reoccurring people like DJ Trent Vaughn, uh, Drew Bailey in the morning and Mm -hmm. um, all these stuff. And yeah, it's, it's great. I remember when I was in like maybe first grade, I went to, I had a carpool and I went to Catholic school and it was in Renton and I lived in Covington and I remember going with my um, carpool and the oldest brother, he was in charge of the radio station. So I had, mm-hmm. I wanted to listen to Radio Disney. I'm not going to lie. That's all I wanted mm-hmm. to listen to. And he's playing a 9.5 and I'm like, what is this stuff? And this is like the era of like um, better off alone by, mm-hmm. and like, this is heaven and so like i heard all of those songs and i was just like that was just what i was exposed to and so it, yeah it's, it's a pretty cool station but um kind of shying away from still talking about electronic music i want to oh, wait one sec can we take an intermission because he has mom called her oh yeah no problem yeah let's take an intermission i'll just edit this part out thank you for tuning into this long commercial break sponsored by yerba just kidding not you know, I wish we were sponsored by Yerba. A good old Yerba Mate, a.k.a. Kenny Beats Special. <laughs> mm, my friends put me onto this, and then I was like, you know what? Tastes like tea, and it's getting the job done, getting me up. Yep. I'm not even going to pretend like I know why Yerba Mate is so good energy-wise, but I did hear <laughs> that it doesn't appeal to um, your adrenaline system. But I heard that from that Zac Efron documentary on Netflix. So who really knows? <laughs> A Zac Efron documentary. Don't quote me on that one, everybody. So, okay. So um, I still remember my train of thought. I was trying to transition this all back into 
the moment that you said, I want to DJ. So it all started as like a hobby back in high school. So I thought it started out in like in 2013, 2014, but I was at my cousin's one day with, I think it was like somebody, yeah, somebody's birthday. And then my cousin threw in this like DVD into the DVD player. And uh, it was me DJing on a subwoofer with computer speakers and just my laptop. It looked like I was just typing, but I was DJing, playing music out of that on virtual DJ. Oh, who knows wow. point what, zero, zero point what, who knows? And then has the timestamp from the camcorder is like 2011. And I was like, what, bro? I've been, doing, oh. I've been trying to do this for that long. So that's, I guess that's where it all There's started. There's a DVD? There is. I need to get that footage from her. Do you need to. That sounds like freaking um a story in itself you know mm-hmm. showing that real journey that's really cool yeah hey, i was playing breakdance music and my brother was pretending to break dance in the <laughs> living room that's what it was looks so silly that's that's what was going on and i was playing you know, all the breakdance classics i forgot what they are now they're just bumping out of my computer speakers and the subwoofer what the subwoofer that you already had you already just had a subwoofer oh no it's like you know one of those computer Oh, like a Logitech one? Yeah, Logitech one. Got it. Okay, cool. I think so they still have those speakers. Yeah, that was a... Well, I guess I picked it up around that time, and then I got the opportunity to really do it for ASB. I was a vice president my senior year or so, and I got the chance to like just play music and mix for our Spirit Week. Like, lunches? Yeah, that's what it is lunches and i had to run through all the track lists with um said professor but the teacher the advisor (laughs) and she went through and checked all the lyrics and i didn't want to play what was like already on the radio i went for like the throwback route and i figured they weren't rapping or singing about too much inappropriate stuff back in the day so i could use that you know throw in this is how we do it and that became an anthem for our school and all that oh that's sick yeah, and just mixing it on my uh, just crossfader with my keyboard, just pressing right, 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 right. Uh-huh. And that's kind of how I did a little bit of that. And then I picked up a Newmark mix track, either one or two. Eventually, when I saved up, got it off of eBay for like 40 bucks. Ooh. And that's when it began. Yeah, I started picking up DJing more for fun as a hobby. And I didn't really understand music structure, just music. I just kind of just found like point A goes out to point B. Let me bring in point A of this next song randomly here. Like I pre-market <laughs> because I didn't understand how to count one, two, three, four. Yeah. It was just kind of all like a messy process to begin with. And then I came to Western and then college kids party. That's where you get it. They need live music. They don't they want sure a person do. running off of Spotify, running in. Somebody's got the ad playing. They don't want that. Oh, <laughs> there's nothing worse than stopping a party because you got to listen to oh an God, ad. Man. Oh, man. Someone needs the ox at that point. Oh, Someone God. else needs the ox. And then when you pull out that back in the day, people still had oxes and you like pull it out <laughs> and there's that static noise. <laughs> if your speakers weren't prepared for it, it just sounds like it just blew up. Exactly. So then I was like, hey, let me DJ a couple parties here and there. And then running off of my 
was I had an HP at the time. And then I wanted to look like the other DJs when I start, tried to start like taking myself more seriously. So mm-hmm. I bought a 2008 MacBook Pro. That thing was already ancient, but yep. it had that, you know, DJs use MacBook look, I guess. Dude. <laughs> Throwing stickers. Are you kidding me? That's literally the reason I got a MacBook Pro. <laughs> exactly. I don't understand why. He was like, you know, I've seen so many people with MacBooks. I feel like I'm going to need a MacBook. That was like the mm-hmm. first like step in the process. I bought like a 2013 macbook pro second hand and i was just so proud of myself i was like i mm-hmm. did it i bought it till this day i still don't understand why they're so expensive because to be honest windows from my perspective windows can do a lot of cool things and handle a bigger workload and the mac's kind of limited but i don't know why they're thousands of dollars till this I, day so i have no <laughs> it's idea aesthetics, I mean, man. it's the aesthetics and the i would say like the compatibility with like your iPhone mm-hmm. and like if you have Apple products, it'll just, everything will be like airdrop dude, airdropping from your phone to your computer. That's, you know, no, that's, I miss it. it's just nice. But I've been actually thinking about getting like building my own PC mm-hmm. for, you know, cause I'm, you know, it's about that time. I'm not in school anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to get a good old little setup going. Mm-hmm. So you have a PC now? Your team yeah. PC? So, yeah, team PC. A lot of our, actually our legacy folks and artists are trying to build their own PC like by the end of this year. So, Oh, shit. We got oh. a lot of resources if you need help. Wow. So I actually got gifted my PC from my friend. He gave me his oh. whole rig and I like oh. added a few things and dusted it off. Yeah, That's it was good sick. to go. It's running today. So, Whoa. When was that? That was a couple like two months ago, I got this new rig. He actually gave me another one from Western. He's like, make some cool things with it. That's all I ask you to do. And I was like, got to fulfill that. It was like a little from like back in 2010s, but it did the job editing wise. It can barely gain, but I slightly upgraded it a little bit. And then I remember he was like, he was telling me like, yeah, if you want this next PC, then uh, let me know. And then I gave this they're my previous spaceship dell looking pc to my little brother so like you know he needs to do he's get going into college you know this will help him i guess he doesn't have monitor he uses a 60 inch hd tv which is <laughs> whatever it just hurt your eyes at least you could have like maybe four different windows open yeah and then yeah i just use this one right now shout out alejandro helping me since college shout out to alejandro mm-hmm. what a what a homie that kind of reminds me of like the the dj the headphones that we're i'm using right now and the mixer that i'm using the ddj sx or whatever was gifted mm-hmm. to me by oh. our good friend winslito aka oh. winslow aka philip back in the day when i didn't even know how to produce i remember going over to his house and he was just gracious enough to like let me in at like a 10 o'clock and I'd stay there till three in the morning or whenever he was down to go to sleep and just watch him tinker around on Ableton. Literally had no idea what was doing. I was trying to take notes, but like, how do you take notes when you don't even know what's going on? Uh-huh. So yeah, shout out yeah. to Philip. Shout out to Alejandro. I didn't know that's where you got the SX from. Yeah, because I went through like a whole different controller journey, kind of like just like picking up another one because... 
after the mixed track, I got a SB, the classic. The classic key, SB. SB. Sold yes. that one to Keanu. Shout out Keanu. He's using it now for our live streams. And Shout then, out to Keanu, Team Kentwood. Yeah, Kentwood. <laughs> and then, yeah, I sold that to go get it. SR and then I broke the SR or something or somebody spilled a drink on it and it stopped working at a party like just one crossfader it was really sensitive and I actually used that during my first long stock performance and it messed up one time (laughs) like the song did come up I was like oh you know you do the kind of blaming thing and like hey sound person (laughs) hey what's up (laughs) and then yeah I got um uh, XDJ RX, which I currently use, is the standalone with the screen that you played on. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, kombucha. I think you you had brought it to either the first kombucha town or you brought it. You just got it, and for the second time. Yeah, I, forget I think it was exactly. second one. Yeah, it was when you started bringing the lights, and that's when shit got real at kombucha. Mm-hmm. Damn, <laughs> that was when shit got real out there. Yeah, I just like I got that controller all in one thing because i was tired of having my laptop my 2008 macbook i could not depend on it because they're starting to crash during gigs oh yeah it crashed at a big one at western uh when i replaced somewhat replaced princess nokia and (laughs) i had open for whoever was the opener that got moved up to closing and then I had nothing prepared. They said, can you DJ for like 60 to 90 minutes? And I was like, I'll try. So, <laughs> what, what, when was that? Cause I feel like I, was that the, the fall of 2018? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. Cause I had just heard about Pr- Princess Nokia mm-hmm. in New York. And then here I am at Western, them saying that she's coming. I'm like, what, what, what the fuck are the chances? I had no idea like who she was, but I, I assume that she brought out a great crowd. Cause amount of people there it was at carver gym and then mm-hmm. like, here i am playing in front of like the my first time playing in front of like strangers maybe four, what three four friends there and i was like oh my god this is like i gotta really read the crowd here and i'm like playing bits and pieces from my old uh sets my long stock 2018 there and just mixing completely random things and i was like trying to pass by the time but a couple of them got hyped but no the the headliner the new headliner was I think an indie band or something cherry glazer and it was a different oh. vibe <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah a completely different vibe than what was intended mm-hmm. so western for everyone out there me and ricky both went to western 2019 um and i want to talk about lawn because that was the first time i had ever heard of you as a performer was mm-hmm. when I had just come to Western and people were like, Oh, are you going to lawn stock? I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, and then they explained it to me. I was like, dude, what? That sounds dope. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us about that? Yeah. So it all, somehow I got three straight opportunities to do it. And it's honestly all thanks to like the greatest friends, the greatest supporters for always showing up to that role, swerving everybody out of the way oh. <laughs> making like this big hype atmosphere every year so it started back in 2017 i started uh producing my own house shows here and there i would just like invite friends i made them like a fake ticket uh, <laughs> i pretended you know it's like wand them down at the door with something i don't oh, know we were just silly i love it i mean we had my uh roommate eric Lim open 
piano eventually opened up for us like we added like three more people and then i was like you know i'm ready to take this to the next step i went to Lonstock the year before and i knew it was coming up and i knew who was running that office the music and entertainment in the as and then you know i sent them a pitch letter i used my pr skills say hey i want to play a set let me know if you have an opener all i ask is like 30 minutes or so uh here's my latest mix uh I would love to play it out to a crowd for my friends and all that. And then got the reply back. It was Jonah. I'm not sure if you know Jonah. No, I don't know Jonah. And um, he sent me back an uh, email. I was like, oh, no, this is really cool. Let me take a listen at it. And, you know, most of the times they don't follow up with you after that. So, oh, yeah. But you got that double email that came in and said, hey, this sounds great. Uh, let me look for a slot for you and just kind of see who they have booked that year. And it was one of my favorite lineups, actually. And he ended up giving me the slot to open up at 4 p.m. <laughs> and But the condition was... Uh, he has to work with me to like refine the mix or what I was going to play and I have to be, you know, transparent and give him the set list of the songs I was going to play and oh, a practice run. Whoa. So, like, he was like, we're looking for something a little bit more summary. And I, I the, the submission that I turned in was trap. <laughs> like house. <laughs> so I understand that was a little scary for my yeah. first time going out there playing at 4 PM. So I sent him a little bit more like future bassy and like hip hop, 100 BPM stuff. Okay, and nice. then some like you know, progressive house almost, and he was like, "Yeah, this sounds good. It's all good to go." And then the other acts that were there that night was I couldn't believe it to this day, Yuna, if you remember, yes, and Soul or Seattle local rapper Soul S O L. Oh yeah, I've I've seen him before in Seattle before. I don't forget, I think at the Monkey Loft. No, 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 not Monkey Loft. Um. Capitol Hill, Chop Suey. Mm, that sounds yep. like where he would go. Yeah. So that was really cool to be on a lineup with them, even though like, I didn't sick. get to interact with them backstage or anything. Oh, yeah. But uh, I ended up, it's funny because that year I was AS photographer. So I performed, put away my decks, came out with a camera and went to work. Like the rest of the concert in the rail. So that's how 2017 went. And I had a whole, like a good amount of, of my friends there in the front row, like, this is probably nothing like Western has ever seen. 4 p.m. The opener has a good chunk of people like already at the rail mm-hmm. dancing and stuff. I don't know. Maybe uh, somebody did that before, but well, within my generation, mm-hmm. I have not seen that. And then they brought me back for 2018 and said they bumped me up to co-headlining. So I was like, what the what? heck? okay yeah they gave me uh one hour and 20 minute yeah 75 minute slot 75 yeah and i was like oh man how am i gonna pack this and be interesting and then that year you were djing in the silent disco dome the silent hella cool i didn't get to go in there that place was sick yeah, I remember I hit you up on Facebook. You were supposed to come out. I your know. <laughs> That's what we we're supposed to meet. <laughs> and go crazy. I know, man. Missed opportunity there. But that was 23 karat trill, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah, so I was saving. I didn't end up playing that song because I was saving it for you if you were going to come out of the tent because I kept looking for you, like scanning over here. Oh, man. And I was like, oh, man. Well, I don't know where he's at. We're out yeah. of the BPM tempo zone <laughs> to play that song. Uh-huh. So, but other than that, I brought up my friends from Sinaha. Uh, was my friend and my roommate, Eric, from the side to sing three, four songs. That was overkill, honestly, because his voice like almost blew out at the end oh. for the last song. And we went over a little bit and actually like freestyled a short seven minute set. It was just like random hip hop because I thought I was like early on time. But then that was just like the atmosphere was wild. The crowd like doubled. You had my friends in the front and then strangers in the back. The typical in the back. I could see it from the, like the video view. And like that was like headbanging was really in the rail was there and security was like uh I was throwing like hard trap I got freedom to do what I wanted to do and oh then, there's nothing like that freedom to play mm-hmm. whatever you want exactly I'm like okay I know I don't have to submit anything prior and I just went oh nice full into it and then they were impressed by that but they were rung up and called me again 2019. <laughs> And I was oh like, God. oh, bro, this is the last time. I got to say, this is the last time for a while. If they want to bring me back when I'm 27, okay, but not the next year. <laughs> and I was like, all right, this time it's my farewell set. And I wanted to make it meaningful. And I like labeled it and branded it as my legacy set, which is kind of like playing more like melodic feels and stuff and more feature bass mixed in with like just a little sprinkle of bass here and there uh-huh. uh if you were there and the crowd was, was even more crazy i was there i remember that was so wild and i remember you came out with the the cambodian flag yeah i Dude. hired a mini drum line like two people <laughs> to do the intro <laughs> Yo, t- <laughs> it was simple and clean and i want to know oh. Oh, man. i was like how do i talk myself every year you find like, a way you always find a way <laughs> it's that pressure like i couldn't do too much because my set was 45 minutes but i wanted it to be more focused on me so i only had the, the drummers as uh, shout out denley who i hit up two days before the event to learn the intro and he was down i paid him a little bit of the cut and That's then sick. also it was the ej e slash j and my friend vic who sang the ending remix of umbrella so other than that i just wanted to be like the performance that was like finally on me mm-hmm. and centered around it and r squared yes that was long stock three years wow and you know i you you said ej and mm-hmm. i i remember you would always play his remix of umbrella and mm-hmm. that was the before i even met him i knew him by that song you know because mm-hmm. i remember that one was such a vibe Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played it at what's it? Um, Kabucha Town. I'm pretty sure. You did I play feel it like I played it Town. every single time. You, yeah, you played it everywhere, <laughs> just about, and you'd always shout them out, and I always loved mm-hmm. it. It's because like I started appreciating or trying to play more of my friends' music. Yeah, and like adding that here and there. And this was just like a small remix EJ posted at the time because his girlfriend Lexia, shout out Lex, just like pushed him to post on soundcloud next mm-hmm. thing you know i asked him for the download and i played it almost every single time till this day i have i made my own edit like a little dubstep edit of it oh, as well dope. when i play in like harder uh 
venues or situations mm-hmm. and you know it was really cool because like it's giving a shot like to realize somebody's like playing your song on a stage or something it's like mind-blowing and you know uh and then to see ej play it himself at waves um yeah when i did a b2b with uh winslow for that event it was just mm-hmm. like my heart i finally get to see him play it on his stage but then Longstock, yeah it came to life when we got the instrumental and i paired up with vic and asked her to sing the vocals for it uh-huh that was that peak moment wow the pinnacle of that set was right there mm-hmm. that's, that's awesome. my farewell i remember and you know what you did leave a legacy mm-hmm. you left the r squared legacy and I don't know. I, I remember when, when we first did that, um, the Vera Project show, it was still R squared events or R squared media. Media, R squared media. And then it changed to legacy. Mm-hmm. And what was the switch buff between that? So I already had it planned prior to the uh, event. And it was just like me walking around the uh, campus. I remember exactly like comm facility and our tagline for our square media was already create your legacy. Mm -hmm. I don't remember where it came from, but I know that the meaning behind it was like create was a big part of our square media and, you know, create memories, moments, and then also like digital arts and just like a general product of creativity. And then legacy was like, I viewed it as what do I want to leave behind? And then that's what I encouraged all of our like brand followers and our supporters. So just like create and leave something behind for those, you know, as an example, I would say like, even if it's in class or something, do a great project and that's your legacy. And, you know, professors are going to use it for future generations as an example. So that was already our tagline. And then I was just walking through Calm. I was like, I really want to rebrand. I just started learning about like branding and my PR program in classes. And then I was like, legacy. I feel like that could, you know, fulfill our mission and have a meaning. But then I was like, I can't just spell it legacy because it's probably already like <laughs> legacy, who knows, drinks, legacy, toilet paper, who knows Oh yeah, out there. So I was like, uh, let me just take out some letters, the classic. And then I was oh, like, yeah. L-G-C-Y. I guess this still says legacy if somewhat if you sounded out. Yeah. So, and then that was already like planned and set in stone. And then the R squared and friends project was already like rolled in. I was like, ah, it's too late. Mm-hmm. So let me just wait after. And then we'll already have all this momentum. And then we'll switch it up with the rebrand. All right. Okay. That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can't talk about the switchover without talking about the myth and the legendary night that R Squared and Friends was. Mm-hmm. That was, to this day, the biggest crowd I've ever played for. Oh, really? And, oh, dude, that, sh- that was wild. It was sold out. That was, mm-hmm. that was nuts. And I, you know, I can't thank you enough for that event because that was... St- I don't know. It was just truly, it was truly like so well done. Like it got me hyped with all the videos leading up to it. Mm-hmm. All of that got me so hyped. Like I know, you know, that one video where it was like already sold out the first time. 
Yeah. And then there's that second one. And then it had all of like the pop-ups like, where can I get tickets? Where can I get tickets? That dude, I remember getting chills from that. That was sick. Like people are like trying to get more tickets and like we as local artists, the people that are not, we're not touring or anything Like we did this on our own. People are looking for extra more tickets to see us. Yeah. Like what? Right. And I, I feel like that, that event needs a spotlight and I would love to hear like the thought Mm -hmm. process that you had even going into it, the scholarship and everything that goes along with it. Mm -hmm. So again, it started out, I know exactly because I did a couple (laughs) interviews for stories from like Western funding clips. I know exactly like how it ran through my mind, but yeah, it started out just me walking down a comm facility or the comm lawn and this was around the time that Odessa's homecoming show got announced. Oh my god! And like they were doing double it. major. Yep, double major. That was a fun night. Yep. And that kind of inspired that, but I wanted to do it on my own scale and my own passion, my own mission. And it started as kind of a ridiculous idea, and it all depended on if we could get a venue to believe in us and to give us a slot or a night. So mm-hmm. that's where it all started. Because if that didn't happen, then it wasn't going to happen now. But we'll probably try again later. And it was it. We went through a couple of venues and like the prices were outrageous. And we really went on like trying to describe what we were trying to do. And, you know, like venues kind of all they care is about, of course, selling tickets because that's how they have to survive. But also like your social media numbers are really important, unfortunately. Oh, wow. So luckily, I didn't even think that would go into it. I think it would just be strictly money. Yeah, I guess it kind of leads into each other. Like if you have higher numbers, then you're perceived to bring in more people. And I guess for the most part, I had uh, okay numbers to like support um, the pitch letter that I was sending out to all the venues. Uh-huh. And I'll say, I don't remember which ones rejected us. I just remember one in Soto, but I forgot the name. And then Vera Project was like a top contender. And it seemed like a space that could fit us realistically. And their mission was to like support, you know, arts and music for all ages. Mm-hmm. And that was something we're all about, just creative arts and music. And then a lot of back and forth, trying to get them to believe in us. Here's our plan. Here's what we have. We can sell you this many tickets and you're just fronting in the beginning because (laughs) you want to be confident and show them that we can sell these tickets but deep inside i was scared (laughs) (laughs) how many tickets they give you so so the main capacity was 350 we went with 250 because we wanted extra space for people to be comfortable and walk around because my pet peeve was always like a cramp show and i can't get through the crowd but then yeah we sold all 250 and then we went on to open more tickets, as you mentioned in that video, it was extra 30. So we went 280. And then our staff and artists capped it all off at 320. So we okay. 30 under the capacity. But uh, shout out to the Vera project team because they gave us a shot. We yeah. were really persistent. We're asking, hey, how, is this date open? is this day open again? <laughs> and then uh, we're already doing updates. Here's like, here's our marketing plan. And they gave us the date. And we're like, this is happening. 
Whoa. This is happening. Like, and then the next steps were like to market and kind of promote. And my philosophy of like life or anything that I do, it's silly, but it reflect like it goes back to my childhood growing up watching sports and WWE, mainly football <laughs> and WWE. Strange, but it's kind of my philosophy of creating. I want this big feeling match. Like there's a Super Bowl or it's WrestleMania, the main event, and kind of like developing that big feel for everything. Oh, long stock that I've done. I did a dramatic entrance. It's because I like that walk up. It's like I'm walking to the ring down WrestleMania, or I pump myself up like how football players do, and then I kind of have this chip on my shoulder all the way like back in college. It's because I'm a first generation student. It's like I know all the odds are against me and I want to have that chip on my shoulder to prove myself. And that's kind of like how I went into the marketing process. We wanted to, you know, show this was not just a show, like this was going to be a special show and go on with aggressive marketing, putting out cool content. Luckily I have a huge archive of videos from most of our artists. Um, and then myself too, dating back from Lonstock and all that. And then just displaying new content and building that and building up the hype, the hype, the hype, all the way to like the week before when it sold out. When did you first put out content for like the uh, the event? Like when did you announce it? It was after underrepresented at the Wild Buffalo. And that was like May, I want to say? Yeah, end of May. So we had everything like queued up and ready to announce by June something, June. I know it was after launch. No, maybe it might be before because I remember at the end of Lost Talk 2019, I did throw a pitch about the show to the crowd. So I think it was okay. a couple of days before. Dope. So everything got announced then. And then it was like, we got all of our local booking ready, you and Philip, and then EJ and Ray. And then we were filling in our special guest slot, which you brought up Kelly and she was super dope. And then announcing all of that was like super exciting mm-hmm. you know it's like i feel like what we did was honestly crazy because we're just like really small local artists and we never tour anywhere you know we never have any big, big releases here and there your album came out the same day the show came out and yep. that was honestly crazy too and then we really sold out and it was mostly like all of our friends and you know a couple strangers here and there and we really wanted to track like our friends, people that supported you know, local music and all that. And it happened on August 16th, yep. 2019. Yep. That is a monumental day for mm-hmm. R Squared, for Trillium, for Winslow, for Joed, for EJ, for Hey Carrie. It was, that was just a, an amazing day. Oh, the other thing that like blows my mind is um, how many people came when the doors like opened. Yeah. That was for Jose. Honestly, I didn't even meet Jose until that day. What? One of our um, directors, shout out Andrew, said, hey, maybe you should like book this guy. Uh, He's a friend of mine, his music and stuff. And I was like, you know what? His music sounds chill. So I think he'd be a good opener. So then I emailed Jose and he thought, you know, 
you get all those fake SoundCloud emails all the time. I'm not sure if you do, but like, oh yeah, hey, let me support you by this marketing thing. So I think yeah, Jose was a little shady about it, but then uh, I was. Oh, he thought you were fake at first. I think he did. He just talked to me this. Yeah, he just talked to me about this like a couple of days ago. He was like, "Yeah, you sounded hella formal." Like, <laughs> like he worked A and R for Spinning Records. He said, <laughs> "But that's when he knew he's real." But it's a little skeptical if you're like getting a pitch to play at a show when it's their first show. I mean, Underrepresented oh, oh, yeah. was our first like venue show, but this was our first Seattle show. So who knows? It could be a mess. It's a risk. But now he's one of my best friends. Oh, wow. And he had that amazing hyped crowd that came in right when the doors opened, which like you don't see that too often uh, when you don't even have local openers at big headlining events. Mm-hmm. You know, except for 4 p.m. at Lawnstock when you had <laughs> a turned out rail. So, you know, that energy got transmuted into that moment. And so I want to ask about the, the scholarship. Mm-hmm. What, what inspired that? And can you tell, like, everyone what that was, like, what was it was pertaining to? Yeah. So, again, it came from the whole Adiza idea. And they were doing, what is it, the Western Scholarship Foundation, which was kind of, you know, broad. And I was like, sure, they're just giving money to, like, create more opportunities and more scholarships. But I was like, let me do it for my own passion in my own, like, field. Mm -hmm. And I just, like, being in somewhat of a creative field in college, you know, is the whole Asian-American stigma of, like, you're supposed to go into STEM or math but I feel like there's not a lot of support for kids who want to do something creative or like that's out of that whole bubble. And just the whole idea behind the event was to help support that. And it was like something that's rare. And uh, I went with my identity, Southeast Asian American. And then also like that's in the creative field of these various, you know, designer photos, videographers, and even like performing arts, you want to open up, to that and you know just let them know that you know the support we hear you and to keep doing their thing and keep on pushing toward that graduation goal whichever field that they're in within that creative arts bubble nice because that's where kind of the inspiration came from i just noticed like a lot of my peers when i talked to them within my department you know public relations is sort of more media oriented but i picked it because it had creative elements for it and like actually one of my friends said that i would be good for it i was supposed to go in for marketing and i was bad already bad at math so i was scared of that (laughs) (laughs) and pr didn't have math and but i had like learn how to use adobe indesign photoshop learn how to create stories and that really intrigued me and became my passion till this day. And that's kind of how I use it all for legacy. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I, I'm always curious about how that all kind of led together. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. We we touched on it earlier, like with underrepresented and. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of want to talk about like that, like 
the representation in mm-hmm. like the electronic music world and you know you know for me like i don't see really anyone in like the top 100 dj mag whatever djs that like really look like us like there's like what Mern, wax motif mm-hmm. um you know afrojack and like but you know but like the big names like martin garrix kygo like calvin harris you know they're all predominantly white yeah. and um you know how what how has that kind of affected you in like your journey at all so it started out like yeah it started out kind of discouraging because of course you don't the main thing like revolving around my missions of like representation and bringing a platform for us asian american kids and artists and other underrepresented identities kind of like came down to the idea of like i'm not seeing myself on stage Mm -hmm. and uh I think you said something about that in another interview that we were also a part of, just like not seeing yourself on stage and not spinning the decks, not headlining Ultra or yeah. Tomorrowland. It's always these uh, European folks, which I mean, they're super popular and they do great things and produce great things too. But I seen that catalyst, not catalyst. <laughs> How do I pronounce it? Catalyst. Yeah. It's like, is starting to get a little bit better recently with a lot of organizations that are pushing toward that. I see more now Asian artists and Asian American artists, maybe because I'm connected within more communities or so, but the main circuit, the same, the main EDM markets somewhat still the same, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it's, you know, it's all about the money. And yep. at the end of the day, unfortunately, but you have a lot of great Asian artists that are, you know, putting out cool stuff too, that are still getting, you know, a couple thousand listens on SoundCloud and Spotify. So. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, with every, the whole climate of the world right now, you can kind of see like, you know, like a rebellion almost where it's kind of like mm-hmm. everyone's rising up, like, you know, Dirty Bird did a, um, a scholarship for black folks who wanted to like learn how to, you know, produce house music and they did collab with beat lab. And, you know, I can, I feel like I like Taiki new light is growing, is getting big. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of more representation, at least in like, I would say the last couple of years that I've seen. And mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Like the first person I think I talked about this in another interview was like autograph and yeah they there was just like one dude who looked like he could be like a cousin that i see at like a filipino party that just be like playing video games in like the back corner and i was just like Mm -hmm. that was like the moment that i said all right like if this guy can do it why can't i Mm -hmm. you know and i i think you know with people like you people like me like people who are you know pushing ourselves to like make it on the stage you know do things and like inspire others I think it's going to just, the catalyst is just starting and it's only going to grow from here. Yeah. I'd say with your autograph moment, I'd say that was Robotaki and Manila Killer for me. Oh, nice. Whoa. You know what? They're doing it. You know, it it may be at Q nightclub, but yeah, still pretty cool. Q nightclub is dope. (laughs) I know you have a lot of fun Q nightclub stories. Yeah. Q nightclub is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've had a lot over there. 
shout out to Aldrick where I saw you shuffling. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so during COVID, like I know this is something I've seen you doing a lot is a lot of live streams and a mm-hmm. lot of like um, shows. How has COVID and like, you know, social distancing and like this whole wave of live streaming how has how's that been for you how's that journey been it's it's been keeping me busy honestly yeah <laughs> without it i would probably have nothing to create and i would be just gaming i mean shout out to all my gamers but <laughs> you know it's really good to have something to create and look back on and i thought you know it's really popular right now and like i thought it was a smart way the industry to adapt Mm-hmm. to what was going on using technology because all of our work primarily relies on technology in the first place and yeah. now you're using something that's completely different and the twitch platform i see a lot of djs just djing on it and like they get supported you know through donations or subscriptions so that way and a lot of those djs relied on it as their primary income at the beginning of 2019 oh no 2020 yeah it's like that's what I relied on as my income. But on the other side of that, you have a lot of like promoters doing it for charities and like donating it. We have done it as well. Mm-hmm. And we started producing our own creative little events. Like we had legacy creates, which was not only DJs, but like different creative artists and creators that were doing, you know, styling videos, uh, photo showcase, singing. And we, want to reflect on that mission of legacy media to represent and be a platform for different type of creative artists, music, even though music is our focus. And then we work with pastels, our homies down in Sacramento, which we're supposed to visit after COVID's over. Oh, hell and yeah. Shout out Alex for that. He's been great giving us the opportunity to, you know, perform virtually something that was never possible pre pandemic so yeah i mean you would have to pay, yeah. yeah you would have to pay like the person you know their flight and their accommodations on all, all that but now you can create these huge mega collaborative events crossover events and i sort of did that back in may right when we were all like really actually locked down like nobody was working for a bit and everyone's trying to figure out how to work from home at that time oh that and, was wild yeah that's when I hit up like a lot of the artists that I looked up to in BTO, uh, Shout Out Fox and Senza and Juice and Lonely Han from Pastel. And we got to work with them and be in a live lineup with them. Something that honestly Legacy would not be able to afford as much as we, I love y'all. I can't, we don't have $200 per person yeah. from California. So it's been really cool. And I'm also really grateful because we created a lot of connections and discovering a lot of new artists, like just sitting through these live streams, just chatting on the sidebar, hyping each other up. Dude, the chats get wild. Mm -hmm. They're so much fun. (laughs) Late night goes on. People are, you know, taking shots. That was when truly lemonades were like at their peak. Oh my Mm -hmm. God. I remember. Yeah. You were typing. I was like, I'm back with some Trulies or something. Oh, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. There was like, someone said like, you won't shotgun a Truly or like you won't double fist a Truly is one of the two. And I took a video, posted it on Twitter. And I was like, bet. Watch me Truly this up. 
always i was like yeah i mean it's a fun time just you know be safe be at home connecting with your friends talking on discord and the tech chat at the same time you're supporting other artists by watching them mm-hmm. you know you might like their stuff when you go to their soundcloud whatever links posted within the twitch chat and then connect with them so yeah they are a lot of fun so actually yeah we have a lot that are coming up Ooh, yeah. Let's hear. Let's hear about some upcoming stuff you got going. So, do you know when this podcast is gonna drop? Oh, uh, um, you know, I'm I'm hoping to get like two or three more interviews. So mm-hmm. probably within the next, mm, I would say two or three weeks. Oh, okay, then I could talk about it. Oh, <laughs> my oh, okay. But Will's getting the first. We're getting our secret. <laughs> yeah, information. Let's go. But uh, let me, where's my calendar? Let's pull up. So what coming up on the Legacy Crew on the 23rd of October, it would be announced already next week in this current time frame. Today is <laughs> October is. 1st, a.k.a. Wake Me Up When September Ends, Green Day. Yes. And then October 5th, 6th, or 7th, we're going to announce the Legacy Discovery Project stream where we are just throwing a night of streams dedicated for discovery and giving a platform for some artists that haven't got the opportunity to play at, you know, virtual events from other promoters or so just giving them that platform to do what they love and also connecting a lot of our communities within California and now Hawaii. We're building a little something in Hawaii and just bring it together and just connecting each other for a night and with the meaning of discovery and playing sets and learning new artists. So we have a really cool lineup for that. We have, uh, let me go see my Google Docs. (laughs) I don't want to forget anybody. But So you said you're announcing this October... Like Fifth, six, seventh, so next week. Yeah, between one of those days, I'm still working on the flyer right now. And then what's when? When is it? When's the event? October twenty third, Friday. Oh yeah, okay, October twenty third. Got it. So we have the first time we have three artists from slash in Hawaii performing on this virtual lineup for Legacy, and then we have three from our Seattle area. And then also one person from the LA. So kind of different. We're working in different time zones now. So I, I got, got a friends. I got friends in different area codes. Different. Area codes. That's up. So that's really exciting. And that'd be coming out on the 23rd Twitch. We just got it all uh, booked out and I just outreached everyone and it's all ready to go and get announced very soon and then i gotta set it up for twitch and then oh wait put this on the discord uh director's chat let's see we have merch coming out within one or two weeks i'm pretty sure it'll be out by then i let me tell you true i knew it you, the design is all hand-drawn by Mia, my girlfriend, and oh. it features hand-drawn all five of our core members on the back. Oh. Yes, she what? drew you. What? 
there'll be a surprise coming up super soon oh shit you already know that's getting copped but uh yeah we're coming out hoodies and t-shirts and then also masks okay dope so that's gonna be really cool i'm just like super hyped on design because all of our past merch has just been um kind of graphic and text-based but mm-hmm. this is the first time something's hand-drawn and we're trying to push those out very soon uh it's in collaboration with live your best life Sari Bod, oh, yeah. my brother ray yeah he's gonna help us out with that printing nice and then <laughs> keeps on going pastel and friends colors carnival carnival is we're working with pastel again on this mega two weekend event a two weekend <laughs> six event six days sick what i know <laughs> coachella meets embrace past yeah. times legacy what exactly that was the whole inspiration behind it but virtually they're having 80 to 90 artists on this one alex i don't know how you're gonna do it with all those google drive files but shout out alex <laughs> what yes that should be also be announcing probably the same time that you drop this but that's gonna be on october where is it playing October 29, 30, 31, and November 5th, 6th, and 7th. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and for that one, uh, we have six legacy folks for that one. Uh, myself doing a little spooky set. Oh, uh, we need the spooky set. Spooky, oh, yes. Yep. Let's go. And we have Radium and Crossfade over here from Washington representing yep. Darasa. The mm-hmm. homie Colin from Washington, House Waifu, Lexia, playing a little dark techno trance set. Yeah, aka the spooky. techno snob. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lancelot, our new friend from San Francisco. And then our, also our new friend, Neil Evelyn, representing from Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. What? So we got the East Coast time zone now. <laughs> Damn. Wow. What is some that's some expansions right there. I'm proud of you, man. That's awesome. Yeah. It's all thanks to like the virtual sets and just like discovering new artists here and there and then like having them join our initiatives and our programs and you know, mixing it up here and there with the opportunities. Wow. And then lastly. <laughs> oh, whoa, we still have more? <laughs> this is not too detailed, but uh just our in the works is legacy creates two uh, we had the first one that was really successful and we want to expand expand it for two days in december that's still like completely in the works because i got to run through these other programs and mm-hmm. um, events that are going on that's a little sneak peek for how we're ending our 2020 oh my gosh ending 2020 i can't yes, believe we're in the virtually fin- i can't believe right. we're in the final stretch of 2020 where did that go where i feel like we're still in march it yeah it still feels like march oh my well thank you for sharing all that that's really cool you have some really exciting stuff coming up and can we can we get a shout out of your social medias real quick because you know we need people to be able to follow you and uh oh yeah tune into these streams so let's see they're all sort of different, so I'm trying to remember all them. But Twitter is it's r squared, uh, nothing in between. I T S r squared. Instagram is r period squared photos. Right. Yeah. And then SoundCloud is 
R squared official. I remember <laughs> official. I'm officially the R squared. And uh, Legacy Media, you can follow them at Instagram is Legacy L G C Y period media. And then our Twitter is just Legacy Media with nothing in between. All right. Dope. And, you know, one, one real quick thing is I got to bring out the poster Ooh. of R Square and Friends. I've had it this whole time. Just had to whip it out for, dude, the artwork on this, the, these whole squares and like the whole text thing, beautiful. That's I always love the aesthetic. Kim? Yeah. Dude, shout out to Kim. And yeah. also shout out to Kim because I copped her Ooh. Corners Odessa of the one. Earth Odessa book from her website. Go check it out. I don't we'll, we'll get the URL in the in the <laughs> in the description. But dude, this was dope. This is a nice little um I believe it's like the end of an Odessa Oh moment apart, maybe? Yeah, I believe so. And it's pretty sick. So shout out to Kim. Yeah, she creates some cool stuff. She does make some good content. She's like, uh, whenever um, I don't have time to design something, I usually work like closely with Kim and then we come up with something cool. And I was like, I'm kind of flexible with almost every design that she does and kind of have the same aesthetic. And she went through a couple of drafts for that uh, poster. And then I was like, you know what? That looks good. That's the one right there. I love the colors, the sideways font. Mm-hmm. And then the whole uh, squared thing representing, of course, R squared. Yep. And then it was also eye-catching. Yeah, that was eye-catching. And the other thing that y'all worked on together, those press passes for the R squared and friend event. <laughs> I was dude, all heard. Dude, <laughs> that, that shit, I have that hung up on my wall. Like that, that thing is like a holographic Yu-Gi-Oh card straight mm-hmm. from the pack. Legends of Blue Eyes. Dude, mm-hmm. so dope. It's got that little holographic shine on it. I was like, mm-hmm. Wow. And so, you know, I think this is going to come towards the end um, of our first episode. I just wanted to ask, is there anything else that, you know, any, any message you want for, you know, someone who's listening out there who's maybe like new to music or, you know, new to DJing or mm-hmm. you know, just anything you have out there? Yeah. So uh, I recently saw this tweet on Twitter that was talking about like, refine your skills before DJing on stream. I'm not sure if you saw it or whatever it is. Like I did not really see that. Sending tweet from this DJ that was like, I only had 164 followers anyway. So it was kind of, I was like, who are you to speak? Hold on. You're... What a hot take. But Damn. yeah, exactly. It was a hot take, which I know I understand the craft is very like valuable and you should of course put your time to practice and be ready. But you know, this is like in this streaming era, mm-hmm. you know, who cares? Just, you know, load up the camera, load up your decks, figure it out and just have fun with it. This is not like you're performing in front of 200 people. This is like virtually. (laughs) So I just want to, you know, all the new DJs out there, just, you know, have fun with it, learn the history, learn the art and challenge yourself and, you know, figure out new ways to innovate yourself. It's always like a growing process, you know, you know, put that mix out that you have Mm -hmm. your practice mix out uh, at least put it on private or something on SoundCloud if you're too nervous to put it out on public, but gives you a milestone, like a marker of where you started down the line. Cause I listen back at my old mixes and I cringe. 
but that's when you know you got better <laughs> that is exactly that is when you know you got better i will never I, there's like some mixes i will never take down or some songs i'll never take down mm-hmm. i'm like keeps me humble you know and it also mm-hmm. like when i'm when you're feeling down you're like dude there was a point where i was an absolute beginner and knew absolutely mm-hmm. nothing about djing dude i know what i used to think that djs were producing live yeah you know like i thought that they were making what- the songs on the spot i was like how like how am i supposed to know mm-hmm. and so and then you know you come all these years and you you get better mm-hmm. the time in yeah, have that milestone and look back on it and just be like, if you go like, damn, what was I thinking? That's when you know, comparing to whatever you have now. And just like, lastly, I just want to end it off with, the, you know, our tagline, create your own legacy, create your legacy with whatever you do, whatever mm-hmm. you put out. It's there in your legacy, your imaginary stone of what you did and what you created. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, I think that no matter what you like, if it's, you know, photography, videography, you know, whether you like to paint, you like to cut hair, like you want to make music, you can create your own legacy and no one else can do what can do it exactly how you do it. No one. And you know, no market is oversat- it's too oversaturated. You can always break into it and like mm-hmm. even have like a small following or like just have like a little bit of a fan base. So mm-hmm. hope that encourages someone out there. Keep pushing through. Keep making art. Push and innovate. Create your own legacy. All right, Ricky. Um, I want to thank you so much, man. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for being on the episode. And um, I'm excited to see all that you have to, you know, present to us and share with us in the next coming weeks and months yeah and the 2020 going strong you know we can't put on physical events we all need to wear your mask and stay home when you need to get that r squared <laughs> merch mask when it comes out that's, Ooh, yeah that's gonna be dope but yeah it's just like ending 2020 virtually strong for us thank you for having me it's been fun reflecting on everything and making me think back to all the cool events and stuff where it all started Hell yeah. And, uh, you know, that's where we're going to end it. Everyone out there, stay humble, stay trail. Peace out. So that's it. It's a wrap. That's the first episode of Trail Talks Trends. And, you know, this is going to be a weekly thing. But, you know, I need I need your energy out there to keep this thing going. You know, a little bit of encouragement goes a long way. And, you know, I just want to thank anybody and everybody who's listening to this right now. Um yeah i mean i've been in a creative ass mood and you know from like working on music to you know doing some album things to like i don't know this podcast in general so thank you anybody who and everybody for coming out um yeah you know these could be these are probably going to be in the range of like 45 minutes to an hour and a half conversations depending on like the vibe and yeah thanks for rocking with me you know some of these episodes i'm about to do my own monologues i'll have my own like little guided meditation kind of things um there's gonna be no form so if you're into like consistency of the podcast being the same this ain't the one you know this ain't the one for you but if you're trying to get surprised 
<laughs> try to have a couple of laughs, you know, maybe cry a little bit depending on, you know, the conversation. But uh, I love you. Um, thank you. Have a good day.